We are so glad that you're here with us in person. We're so glad with, you're here with us online. We know we've got several friends watching online. If you're online with us this morning, if you just say hello in the comments box, let us know where you're watching from so we can see where you're at. We know that we've got a big gang of people down in Florida who watch us. People all over the world have watched, so thank you for being with us. Thank you for joining us for our Christmas Eve celebration, whether you're here in person or online. John 1.9 says, The one who is the true light, who gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. We already have received truth this morning and blessings from our children's ministry, who's taught us what Christmas is all about, and our youth ministry, who's told us that we do not have to fear in this world that's so dark. Our praise and worship team has brought us great music this morning to allow us to enter into God's presence and given us the opportunity to understand what Christmas is. Well, as you can see by now, our senior pastor, Pastor Jeff, is not with us this morning. He's watching from Atlanta where he's with his family. I can tell you that these cheers aren't because he's not here. <laughs> All right, but I know from my personal experience, in the 23 years that I've been here, he hasn't missed a Christmas Eve service. He has given his obedience, he's given his love and his sacrifice, and he deserves to be right where he is today with his family celebrating. So Pastor Jeff. We love you and enjoy your family. Pastor Gabe's watching as well. He'll be on the phone with me as soon as we get done. So, Pastor Gabe, we thank you. But before I get started, I just got to thank the tremendous team of people who've allowed this to happen. God has gifted us with an amazing group of people of creativity and talents that have allowed this morning to already happen and what will continue to happen. So thank you to all those people, and most importantly, thank you to God for allowing us to have them and be able to share with you today. Many of you know my name's Pastor Jeremy, and along with my family, the pastors of RLC and the elders, we are honored to have this opportunity to share God's truth and goodness with you on this very special morning. But before we do, I'd like to pray. Dear Lord, I just thank you, Lord. Lord, I thank you that you look at this individual who comes to you from Humility, Lord, and I, that you've given me the opportunity to speak this morning, Lord. I ask that my mouth be your mouthpiece, Lord. I ask that your anointing fall over top of me, Lord, that my words be your words, Lord. I ask that each ear that's in here, Lord, walk away with your truth today, Lord. I thank you for those online who are watching, Lord. And most importantly, I thank you for salvations and lives that will be changed forever because that's what your plan is. And, Lord, we'll be sure to give you all the praise and honor and glory in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen. Well, tomorrow's Christmas, <laughs> right? There's kids here who are anxiously waiting to receive what's on their list. Each year, there's several gifts that are labeled the number one gift of the year. Now, I remember back to my childhood when I was a young kid, all right? I never had a Cabbage Patch Kid, but I will tell you, I sure heck had a, a pound puppy, right? But how many parents in here remember standing in the line at Zares, right, to get your cabbage patch for your kid so that they could get that? Look, look at the hands that are up there, right? And for all you young ladies or gentlemen that are out there that received the cabbage patch doll, 
Who can remember their Cabbage Patch Gals name? Right? Timothy over here, right? <laughs> right? For real. And kids nowadays, they're like, what are those? <laughs> they don't move. <laughs> they don't make any noise. They were great. <laughs> All right? But my question is, kids, what, what's on our Christmas list? What are we waiting for tomorrow morning? What are we hoping to unwrap? What do you got, Zaid? A picture Bible. <laughs> Hallelujah! Right? If every kid got a picture Bible, the world would be different. Right? But we've got all these different gifts that are out there, all these things that people are hoping for, right? Online, if you've received one of these things or you're hoping for something, let us know, right? But nowadays, things have changed, right? Now we've got Barbie dream doll houses, we've got drones. We've got PS5s, right? We should see a slide up there. All right, anybody who's got to put that thing together for their daughter, I will be praying for you. All right, because that doesn't look fun. All right, the drone, just don't fly it in the house, right? The PS5, don't throw the controller and everything will be good. But I remember, who remembers, who remembers their very favorite Christmas gift they ever got? Evil Knievel, there we go, right? I remember my very, my, my most favorite gift I ever got was in the fifth grade. And I opened it at three o'clock in the morning. My, me and my brother and sister, we woke our dad up at three o'clock in the morning and we unwrapped everything. But my best gift I ever received, and some of you guys are going to understand this, was my very first lacrosse stick. Right? <laughs> right? And most of you know I don't really go anywhere without a cross stick still today. But it was, I just, it's the gift that I remember. And not that I didn't receive others. That pound puppy up there was actually my pound puppy. All right? So I've received all sorts of gifts. However, you know what? These top choices of gifts change every single year. From 20 years ago when it was Cabbage Patch and Pound Puppies. Actually, it's got to be 40 years ago. What am I talking about? Right? <laughs> I'm making myself look really young. 40 years ago when it was Cabbage Patch Kids and Pound Puppies to where we are today. Each year, there's been a different number one gift of the year. But today, I want to take a few minutes to share three words with you. Three words that have transformed this world and truly exemplify Chris what Christmas is all about. These words that are gifts to us if we choose to receive them. And the first one, where should we start? Is life. Life is in this church. We are resurrection life church. Right? Life is mentioned in the New King James Bible over 300 and, or 235 times. Let's remember that there can be no Christmas without Christ. We are celebrating the birth and life of Christ, which is the centerpiece of Christmas. Tomorrow, there will be people unwrapping gifts, celebrating with their families, who honestly have no idea what they're celebrating. It's heartbreaking. All right, I, over my 17 years of teaching in public schools, I've asked several students, why do you celebrate Christmas? And you would be amazed at the answers that I get. None of them coming back to what, what Christ is. None of them talking about Jesus. But rather talking about a man who comes down a chimney. Talking about opening gifts with family, which is great. 
talking about Christmas trees and cookies, all right? But Christ isn't the centerpiece, and that's where we are today. Christmas has turned into commercialism. The world has been led to believe that the big man, trees, and gifts is what it's all about. But Christmas is truly about life. Life. The world awaited a king, but this king and his life did not look or come forth the way that anyone thought or would have imagined. Isaiah 55, 8 says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways your ways my ways, declares the Lord. When we look at the, the Bible's scriptures in Luke about the coming of the newborn king, it reads, and most of us have heard this before, all right, but it's here and I will read it. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled, as we saw this morning, saying, and considered what matter was this greeting. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for I found favor in God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, and you shall name him Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God will give him a throne, the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom there will never end. A baby was coming, but not an ordinary baby. This child would change the world forever. The story goes on in Luke because of the census, and it says in verses 4 through 7 in chapter 2, Joseph went to the town of Nazareth in Galilee, to the town of Bethlehem in Judea, the birthplace of King David. Joseph went there because he was a descendant of David. He went to register with Mary, who was promised in marriage to him. She was pregnant, and while they were in Bethlehem, the time came for her to have her baby. She gave birth to her first son, wrapped him in clothes, and laid him in a manger. There was no room for them to stay in the inn. His thoughts are not our thoughts, and his ways are not our ways. Through a virgin birth, not in a castle, but in a stable. Not with family, but with rather animals watching. Not in a crib, but in a feed trough. Remember what Jesus said, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, and my ways are not your ways. We all got out of a comfy bed this morning, I bet, but this is what the first king-size bed ever looked like. A king was brought to this world with such humble beginnings. A king who still rules the, worth, the earth today. The life of Jesus was nothing spectacular to the innocent eye. A child born to two engaged teenagers, grows up to the age of 30 and becomes a carpenter. Then for three years, just three years, travels and shares the good news of who his father is. Jesus was not afraid to share it with those who he came in contact with. During this time, he taught his father's word. He healed the sick. 
He made the blind see. He had the deaf hear. He walked on water, changed water into wine, had the paralyzed man walk, and raised the dead man to life. But yet, he was never welcomed in his hometown. He never had a pillow or a bed to lay his head on. Jesus lived a life of obedience, sacrifice, and service. One that we should emulate today. Jesus' life ended humbly as well. Questioned and mocked. Beaten and tortured. Hanging on a cross. But the question is why? He did it for the second word, which is love. Love is mentioned in the New King James Version over 600, or 361 times. Love can make us do crazy things. And what Jesus did for us is beyond crazy. But he's got crazy love for each and every one of you. Love can do things like when you're in the military and you're at war and one soldier jumps on a grenade for another soldier. Love can be that you give your kidney away so that somebody else can have life. Love can be some things that have happened in this congregation over the last few months. Somebody loading a trailer, driving all the way down to Georgia to deliver somebody's goods to them. Love can be in the grocery line at Price Chopper when one of our members leaves a $20 bill at the cash register to pay for the person's groceries behind them, and the person walks out in tears. Love can be all these things if we allow it to be. We just have to be obedient, we have to be servants, and we've got to be willing to sacrifice. Love can be... I never had a desire to become a pastor. But I have a deep love for God. And all I want is what he wants for me. Most of us can attest that we'll do crazy things when we love God. But we only do it because he loves us. And that's the reason that we want to serve and love and be obedient. God so loved that he gave us Jesus. God loves us so much that he calls us his children. 1 John 3, 1 says, Consider the kind of extravagant love the Father has lavished on us. He calls us children of God. It's true. We are his beloved children. And in the same way, the world didn't recognize him. The world doesn't recognize us either. Jesus so loved his father that he wanted to fulfill his will. God had a plan thousands of years ago. Why? Because he loved. Isaiah 53.10 says, Still, it's what God had in mind all along. To crush him. To crush him. We're talking about Jesus here. To crush him with pain. The plan was that he would give himself as an offering for sin so that he'd see life come from it, life 
life and more life. And God's plan would deeply prosper through him. But why? Because God and Jesus have such a love for us that they wanted to give us life. Life that we can't just have here on earth, but a life that lasts forever and lasts eternally. Many of you know, before I was able to be up here, I taught over in Quest. And you know what? When you're over there, you learn as much from the kids as they learn from you. And I had one kid, and I believe the family's here in the room today, and I didn't know that they were going to be here, who explained it like this to me, and it's always stuck with me. What is life here on earth, and what does eternal life look like? All right? All of us have shoelaces, right? And does anybody know what the thing on the end of the shoelace is called? It's called the aglet, right? Never knew in my life, but I've remembered it ever since. Right? It's the aglet. All right? That's your life here on earth. This is what eternity looks like. And it keeps on going forever. We get so worried about this that we don't even consider this. When really, look how much longer eternal life is compared to our itty-bitty life here on earth. Don't worry about the aglet. Worry about eternity. We get life through love because God is love. God first love before we even knew who he was. God had such a love for his people that he wants them to be complete and whole, living a life abundant and full here on earth, but importantly, with him forever in heaven. Why? Because of the light. He has a desire for us to be the light. The word light is used 272 times in the King James Version. Light is a very common theme throughout the Bible. During the scriptures of the Christmas story, there are several forms of life present. The star that directed the wise men. The radiant angels that directed the shepherds. Jesus, the light of the world being born. We can read from the very beginning in Genesis, one of the first things God did was create light. Genesis 1-3 says, Then God said, Let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that light was good. Then he separated light from the darkness. God brought light into this world because he is the light. Where he is, darkness cannot exist. John 8-12 says, Jesus spoke to the people once more and said, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. But why does Jesus give us the light? Because he loves. And because he loves, he brings new life to those who follow him. In John, we're introduced to the word. And Pastor Jeff, over the last few weeks, has been talking about the word. Right? John 1.1 says, In the beginning was the word, and the word was God. And the word with God, and the word was God. But then when we look at the Psalms, it says, your word is like a lamp that guides my steps, a light that shows my path to take. Now, if we substitute and change word out with Jesus, right? Because it says the word is the light, 
and the light is Jesus, right? It says, Jesus is a lamp that guides my steps, a light that shows my path that I will take. So let's think about this illustration, right? I was on the phone with a former student the other day, somebody I haven't probably talked to in 12, 13 years, um, got a hold of me, and for 45 minutes, we talked about the Bible. And I never would have, one, thought that I would have talked to the student about it. But two, God just reveals things to you when you're in conversation. And he, we were talking about light and darkness, and he said, you know what? <laughs> he said, would you drive your car without the headlights on in the middle of the night? I said, No. Now think about how many of us have been driving in the middle of the night on some country road in the middle of nowhere, right? And we feel safe because the lights are off. My question is, would you turn those lights off on that same road and drive? We wouldn't because we know it's dangerous. Now when I relate this to the little ones who are in here, right? How many little guys in here have to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night? Right? Do we like to go to the bathroom without the nightlight on? No, it's dangerous, right? If I got to walk, I'm going to step on a Lego. I'm going to trip over a ball. I'm going to stub my toe, right? But if I got that nightlight on, one, I can see the path I got to take to go to the bathroom. Two, all the mothers in here are going to be thankful because there's a little bit of light, right? Everybody knows what I'm talking about. And three, <laughs> yep, y'all got it, <laughs> right? And three, I'm going to feel safe because I can see. That's what the light provides us. There's another, another aspect to the light that we can't forget. That is, if Jesus is living inside of us, we are the light as well. Jesus speaking in Matthew 5 says, Your lives light up the world. For how can you hide a city that stands on top of a hill? And who would light a lamp and then hide it in an obscure place. Instead, it's placed where everyone in the house can benefit from the light. So don't hide your light. Let it shine brightly before others, so that your commendable works will shine as light upon them, and then they will give their praise to the Father in heaven. We're the light. Everywhere we go, whether we want to be or we don't want to be, Right? Because there's those times where you just want to blend in and be a chameleon. But you know what? God calls you a peculiar person and he wants you to stand out. I say it this way. We want to be peacocks. Right? Peacocks stand out. Chameleons blend into their surroundings. God wants a bunch of peacocks out there shining his light for them. We're supposed to shine the light everywhere we go. What we say. How we speak. Our actions are all representing God. We're living ambassadors. For our little guys out there, you're on Jesus' team. Right? I know I've played lots of team sports throughout my life. And when I play a team sport, what do I do? I give it my all. And I give it my best. And when you're on team Jesus, that's what he wants us to do. He wants us to give our all. He wants us to give our best. For him. And when we give our best for him, other people are impacted because of it. As I said before, we may be the only Bible that somebody reads. We've all read people before. 
but you may be the only Bible somebody reads. My question is, what message are you sending? Is it a message of misery, fear, doubt, and unbelief? Or is it a message of hope, faith, love, and peace? People are going to follow you one way or the other. It's up to what message we're, speak, we're sending. Tomorrow morning, we'll gather around the Christmas tree, and people will rip through gifts, we'll wear new clothes, we'll play with toys, but those gifts will not last forever. This morning, I'd like to give you the opportunity to receive the greatest gift of all. John 3.16, and most of us know this, and if it's the first time you've ever heard it, then listen up. For God so the world so much that he his only son so that anybody who believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life for us to accept a gift we must receive it and we start when when we start to unwrap it we receive the benefits that come from it 23 years ago on december 28th is when I received the gift of Jesus into my life. And I'll tell you what, each and every day, there's still a little bit of unwrapping that takes place. And I learn something else, and I see him in a different light, and he shows me something about myself. And when I'm down, he tells me how much he loves me. Because you know why? He does. This morning, with every eye closed and every head borrowed, if you'd like to receive Jesus as the greatest gift of life, I ask that you raise your hand so I know who I'm praying with. With those online, you can just say, that's me. Comment in the comment box. But let's say this prayer together. Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner. And I ask for your forgiveness. I believe you died on the cross for my sins. And rose from the grave on the third day. I turn from my sins. Invite you to come into my heart and my life. I want to trust and follow you. As Lord and Savior. I thank you for the life you gave for me. And the life I get to live for you. I thank you for the love you shower on me and the love I get to shower on others. I thank you for the light that guides me and I promise to share your light everywhere I go. I love you, Jesus. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, we know that what we just did here and clapping a little bit is just a little bitty, bitty bit of what's going on in heaven. But what happens is, is there's just celebration going on because one of God's children has been brought back to life with love so that they can spread light with the Father forever. If you prayed this today, I ask that you come up and see me or see one of the ushers afterwards. If you, if you prayed online, 
please go to reslifeny.org and, and let us know. You can send us an email, give us your contact information. Um, we'd like to get in contact with you. If you've got any questions, please see myself or one of the elders or ushers here. We're going to sing one more song, and then we're going to dismiss after that. So please stand up, and uh, we're going to sing Joy to the World. <laughs>